Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. What's on our radar? Well, probably the big news of the day is this merger uh, in the cannabis industry. We've been, uh, I guess it seems obvious in hindsight that the, a bunch of the Canadian companies would look to partner up, and that's what's happening here. Tilray and Afria merger first reported last night by Bloomberg, confirmed by the two companies this morning. So we'll talk about that. I want to talk about this Intel or Mobileye Intel uh, Luminar uh, story from yesterday is a little bit strange. We, of course, have a Fed meeting today. We have an offering from IQ. DraftKings is up. Everything is up. Everything is up. So that'll be the theme of today's show. Everything is up. Our guest is Anne-Marie Band. She is, of course, uh, a favorite of ours, author of the trading book, Dot. She runs last site. She'll be on at 835 to share her thoughts with us on the market. Want to remind you all to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. And Joel, tell us, how are we doing? I guess I shouldn't say how we're doing. How much are we up this morning uh, across the board? You summed it up pretty well, Spencer. We're up up across the board, up eight and a quarter handles, 36.95, even the called uh, up eight handles. All-time closing high made a few days ago at 35.93 or 36.93. We'll uh, try and improve on that today. Pre-market high, just above 3,700, 0075. Pre-market low, 36.80. Crude. That's flat at 47.62, uh, trying to sneak into that 48 handle. Gold working towards 1900. That's up seven bucks at 1862.30. Silver, that clears 25. That's up 62 cents at 25.26 and a half. It don't look now. Let's get our Bitcoin 20,000 K hat on. It's up $315,19,875. We haven't had a close over that, so maybe we can do that today. Uh, let's bring in uh, Triple D, who has been observing the after hours and pre-market action. And he getting beat up at anything, Triple D. No, not really too bad. No. Not really too bad. Nothing, nothing major. No disaster, at least not yet. Obviously, the the day is early, so we'll see as we continue on here through the morning. But no disasters to speak of yet. All right. So don't jinx me, though, Joel. No, uh, no. But you know what? Even when you are, even when you're like under siege, you're just like, well, you know. Well, I'm always under siege in something. <laughs> I mean, when you put on 50 or 80 overnight positions, the odds are you're going to be under siege in something. You get 
you know, there's 50, 60 trading along with the market. You got a few more moving in your favor. You got a few moving out of your favor. So you try to work out of the losers as best you can. And you try to milk the winners for all you can get. That's how I do it. That's how I try to make my money. All right. So when you're in an industry or a business and you're struggling, right, you really haven't prospered because you hit 300 bucks and now you're, you were an $8 stock. You, you look, you look to do something to cut costs, consolidation, right? And yep. uh, consolidation in the pot industry. Yep. So again, this is first reported by Bloomberg, confirmed this morning. Uh, Fria and Tilray are merging. Here are the details. Uh, Fria shareholders uh, are going to control uh, the majority of uh, of the company, and they will end up owning 62%. Here's what our Fria shareholders get. They get point. Eight three eight one. That's the ratio. Point eight three eight one shares of Tilray for each share of Afria that they own. Tilray shareholders, you don't have to do anything, um, and that's the ratio again. So Afria uh, will will be the the larger of the two in the combined company. Uh, a, a few sympathy plays here this morning, but that's that's the details on on the headline. Some of the smaller pot stocks might be moving up. I yep. see CGC trading higher. That doesn't make any sense to me at all because they would probably be an acquirer in any of these cases. But I guess they look at Fria as, as kind of the acquirer here, although they're merging together. But obviously, Fria taking a little bit less. Um, so they see it still trading higher and they think, okay, well, sympathy is going or uh, synergies here are going to help, you know. And, and it makes sense. I mean, you think about, you know, cutting costs here. We know. The demand has not been where, you know, they, they would ho had hoped it had been. Obviously, there's been a major supply issue. So cutting some costs and getting some synergies here makes sense. So this merger makes sense to me. So there were a few, you mentioned uh, CGC, a few of the smaller names that could be moving in sympathy here. Uh, Kronos is also a bigger one that could move. And, and, and we know we know ACB Aurora, but some smaller names are Village Farms, VFF. Uh, moved off this headline yesterday. Hexo, H-E-X-O, moved off this headline yesterday. And then OGI also moved off this headline yesterday. Uh, those, those, those are smaller names. Those are names that could be acquired, not, not names that would do the acquiring. Then, of course, you have the dozen or so or however, however many there are ETFs that, that could move based on this. So. I've not liked these stocks. We know that. I'm not changing my opinion because of the merger here. Some people giving me heat because obviously I've hated Afria, but if you've been listening to the show, I've hated Afria since, you know, for years here. So I know it's had a nice run. It has been an everything rally. Believe me, the pot stocks have participated in the everything dogs barking rally. So is this the turnaround and is this where you want to pay your billions of dollars for your greenhouses that grow pot plants? I don't think so. I think the competition is going to continue to get more intense as it becomes legal over in America, throughout America. I think a competition comes there too. Uh, I think it's a ringing the register event here, but I've been wrong. So, I mean, value it. It's tough. I mean, it's tough to look at something and say that doesn't make sense because nothing makes sense. I mean, valuation just doesn't make sense. So trend has been your friend here in the last month. The pot stocks turned in November when the IWM and every small cap stock turned. It's not coincidence that the pot stocks started catching a bid at the beginning of November when they started buying everything that hadn't moved and pot stocks had not moved. So do, am I coming in here and saying, I, I think it makes sense. I think it's good to cut costs where they can. I think this is a merger more out of necessity than out of growth. And that's why I'm still not interested in investing in these companies. But you can trade anything. Right. And uh, 
I mean, I the reason I haven't taken a big stake or a stake at all in any of these companies, I just think the the, the black market out there is pretty big, and there's it never went away. Yeah, I mean, it's like they not, were supposed to kill. That was the whole well, point still, in Canada. It's still illegal. It's still federally illegal in the U.S. That's well, it's of- not in Canada though, and and there's still yeah. obviously a lot of you know on you know you, you think okay, well the government's going to control the marijuana, but then I hear you know that it's cheaper to just go buy it from your friend or whatever that's growing you know and everybody can grow in canada too you can grow so much now too it's legal so you know you got individuals growing as well i mean the, the afri is more in the medical space though so you know let's not say this is not you know this isn't their target market to go and you know give pot to everybody you know just who wants to smoke pot they're more in the medical marijuana mm-hmm. and you know that that has made sense and they've done a they've grown a fantastic business it's always been valuation you know i've never said you know the company obviously when it was run before we know there was some shenanigans going on but they've changed management they've turned all that stuff around it's a good company it's just valuation i've never liked the valuation of four dollars of five dollars six dollars i didn't like the valuation twenty dollars I like the valuation at $8. I mean, valuation doesn't matter, though, in this market right now. So the stocks can go anywhere, enjoy the ride, because there's so many stocks that just don't care about valuation. One day, valuation will matter again, and that's after this all bursts. But we don't know when that is. Why is Grow Generation such a beast? Because it's American play. I mean, there's nothing else over, you know, like okay. traded really that's listed. So, you know, how, how many listed stocks do we have in the U.S.? There are. Sir? There are several dozen. Well, give uh, me no, give me several dozen because that's not true. That's listed on a major exchange. Okay. Um, because was, I try to trade them. You got Grow Generation, GRWG. What else do you got? It's uh, listed on Nasdaq. Okay. Are we are, are we stock talk, exchange? Are we U.S. companies or Canadian? U.S. U.S. companies. So that disqualifies like Kronos and the like. All those. Um, okay. I know because I trade the space, okay, and there's not fine. that much give else me, out give there. Give me a second here to think. You've got like you want to count GWPH in that in, in that uh, GW. No, no, because GWPH has been there, and that's I'm at like GRWG, like competitors for GR. There's lots of them there. People are spending them out. CBWTF, but these trade over the counter. Yeah, you don't trade these. Those. These I, aren't trade on the exchange. I, so I pulled up a handy dandy list, so I kind of cheated. But yeah, we'll bring up the handy dandy list because I'd like to trade more that are on the exchange because I don't trade OTC. Okay, OTC you can't trade pre market after hours. There isn't you know any market for it. So okay. uh, EHC Encompass Health, they're on the NICE, eight billion dollar market cap. So not what is not, that a pot just, stock? Just a pot stock? I don't know if it's I feel like that's pot. something else. What's what's the symbol? EHC. I don't know if it's just pop, but it's got some exposure. You've got um pure play oh, oh, IIPR. That, that's an obvious one. Innovative industrial. They're like they're 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 definitely a peer to grow gen. IIPR. Ooh, that's a what look at that chart, Dennis. You've got Green Free Hospitality Group, GHG. Do they do any volume? Uh, That's uh, probably why they're, if they're not, Dennis, if they don't have a lot of volume, they're probably not hitting your radar. No, no, a lot of these aren't pure plays, though. These are like, you know, these are derivative plays. Like Green Tree Hospitality Group, are they actually like, when you look at, you know, these companies, (laughs) look at what Grow Generation does. I'm just saying this is why Grow Generation gets it. The question was, why does Grow Generation get so much love? Because it's the most widely traded U.S. stock. It's on a major exchange. It's traded on the NASDAQ. And everybody sees this as a pure play on marijuana. So, you know, when you get to, you know, and yes, GWPH has been there for years. And it's always got a lot of love. 
but more of these are coming. But when you look at all these other, you know, symbols that people are throwing me with the five letters, those are all OTC. Those do not trade on the regular exchange. You've got companies that have exposure like GWPH or Scott's Miracle Grow, which have other stuff, right? But yeah, what's Scott's Miracle Grow? Is that a pot play? That's a fertilizer play. 90% of their probably sales are not to pot companies. Yeah, but people might think of it as 90% of their valuation is because of the pot. I don't think so. Not on Scott's Miracle Grow, because even before the pot started, you know, the stock was an eighty or a hundred dollar stock. So I don't agree with that. But I think it's definitely got some fluff in there. Anyway, the point I was just saying is there's not a lot of US companies traded on the primary exchanges. You're right. So where you have like seven or eight, you know, Canadian companies that are actually traded on the primary exchanges. So that's why I think grow generation gets the love. That's gonna change. There's going to be more. There's more companies coming. So, and I hope that, you know, because I like trading these pot stocks. They're fun to trade. So, like I said, you don't have to invest in things, you know, that you don't believe in, like from a valuation perspective. When I do my investing, I'm looking more, I want growth at a reasonable price, not growth at any cost. So, you know, I put on swing longs. I'll be long Tesla here and there. The chart sets up nice. But when I'm putting stuff in my retirement account, I'm not paying 100 times sales. Snowflake will never go into my retirement account at these valuations. Why? Because I lived through 1999 and 2000. And I know eventually everything comes to roost. There'll be the one stock that comes out of an Amazon that will continue to go higher and grow to be the beast that it is. But there's not all these companies are going to do that. So I don't stick these and forget about them. They are trading vehicles only. But you can trade anything. I'm long these stocks. I was long Snowflake last night. So I sold it last night. Pete and Jerry and I actually gave it some love and the thing just ripped. Um <laughs> Um, it's actually down here this morning, but I mean, you can trade anything. Trading and investing are two different animals, but people want to say, oh, I'm buying this for free. I'm going to stick this in my long term. I think it's going to be a hundred billion dollar company. Well, it's not. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't really make sense that whatever it's worth right now. Uh, what is it? Four billion? What is a free or worth? I mean, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough to say that, you know, this greenhouse full of pot plants is worth that kind of money. That's what I've argued for a long time, but it doesn't mean the stock can't go up. It just means, I think, in the long term, I don't think that the stock is an $8 stock. Long-term valuation does matter. So that's my opinion. Maybe you can invest and do your own investing your own way. And if you want to buy all these high flyers, it's $2.28 billion. But if you want to buy everything like Snowflake and Zoom and pay 100 times sales, you've done really well. I mean, ARK Investment just, you know, is basically taking the opposite of my, you know, she's going in all the high flyers. And she's kicked ass this year. Much so, more so than my investment portfolio. My trading portfolio is doing awesome because I'm actually long a lot of these things just on momentum. But my long-term retirement account where I stick stocks in and don't look at them again, I mean, are you it's underperformed for sure. Are you getting picked off on some offers here while you're talking, Dennis? Because What's are, happening? I don't know. I don't I know. cancel all my orders? I don't know you to cancel your orders, but someone said something positive somewhere about the stock market or something. I don't know. We just had like a little, I don't know. I just didn't want you to get picked off Thank here. You. Um, uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Something's going um, on. Either, yeah. Okay. So it's looking more and more likely that we're, we're going to get a stimulus today. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, stimulus. Today. It's the same headlines. Yep. Vaccine, stimulus, <laughs> vaccine, <laughs> stimulus. It's this such a nauseating market. I mean, it's been a fabulous market to trade. And, but the simplicity to this market is just almost sickening. It's like you cannot think past one plus one equals two. If you think anything past that, then you're just wasting your time. 
It's one plus one is equal to two. Oh, Pfizer's going to, you know, uh, maybe potentially, you know, they're going to talk about the Pfizer. Will they approve it or not? Of course they're going to approve it. And the stocks rally on it. I mean, one plus one equals two market. This is a simplistic market. And you know what? It's good that way, I guess. You know, you don't have to overthink it. You're overthinking this market. You're doing too much. But um, when I was talking about the investing, you can trade anything. You can be long these stocks. If the charts set up well, the momentum's with you, by all means, be long them. Just don't get married to these positions when you're paying 100 times sales because eventually 2000 will happen, March 2000, when everything crashed. It will happen again, but we don't know when that is. So let's just trade it. Keep it as trading. All these stocks are great trading vehicles. But from a long-term investment standpoint, I got Google, I got Amazon, I got Apple, I got Microsoft, I got boring big tech names. I have smaller ones too that I think are at a reasonable prices, but I'm just not paying through the roof. You know, I'm going to pay a hundred times sales because I think this is going to take over the world because a lot of these companies aren't. All right. Just, uh, just wanted that quick pop there. And now we're kind of settled back down. So another, another stimulus headline. I mean, they got to do something before, I guess, to keep the government going before the end of the year. I just, you know, and I guess Biden's going to intervene too a little bit. I, I, I kind of thought I was going to get, get pushed, but you know, to after the inauguration. But what the hell do I know? Uh, just real quickly, at symbol, just uh, ticker vault. I just want to do this real quick, just because the chart stuck out to me. Um, this uh, solar's just been super hot. Yes, about SEDG. I mean, it's knocking on the door here. I mean, just four highs in the same area. So you got to clear that seller out, trading up 343. You're getting a running start into it. So it's fourth, fifth time up here. So take a, keep a look at it. It looks like it's going to break out again today. All right. These Back are simple themes that make you money investing. You know, where you think. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You're just saying look, the, everybody's going more green. So let's buy some solar stock. So let's look at the tan over the course of the last four years or three years. You know, I guess tan hasn't been out there that long. No, it has. Though. It has. It has. 2019 is $20. Today it's 92. There's a theme. That's an investing theme where I want to be long solar stocks because I believe we're going to be reliant less on oil. XLE. Let's be short oil because we're going to be reliant less on oil. And it's straight down the last two years. I mean, those yeah. are themes that make sense. Um, from you know, and, and those are themes you can participate in. Yeah, you're paying stretch valuations for some of these companies now, but if you were looking at them a year and a half or two years ago, um, you're pretty happy right now. The problem with tan, in, this is this is unique to tan, is that it, it it has it's been victimized by the shiny object syndrome in the past. Like it was it was like it was the hot ETF for a couple of years, and then following those years, it was like the ultimate loser, right? If you pull like a long term chart of tan. Uh, you see it. I mean, it it got it got as high as what almost ninety dollars back in twenty eleven. It was just too far ahead, and that yeah, was a valuation issue. Right, right. So it was one of the hottest ETFs of the year in two thousand and twelve. It got crushed in two thousand fifteen and two thousand sixteen. So it, it it you know, and it's obviously been the beast this year. So the tan can really move for an ETF. What a fantastic example, though. So continue your point. But I'm just saying this is a no, fantastic yeah, example. You, you, what you, example? I, you just you just you just did my whole case for me. Yeah, no, you, I, I, I'm not trying to just just. I'm just saying on a, on a on a name like tan is you know for an ETF it can it, it can really move it. it in the past it's been a, a case of hot story versus not hot story. 
and the, it, it, in favor one year, out of favor the next. This is this is your your cloud names that you're trading 50, 80 times for. This is what they're going to look like. Look back to that chart of two thousand nine on first solar. It was two hundred dollars. Didn't it get higher than that? I feel like first solar was even higher than that. If you go I, further back, let's see if I can I go farther back. I think it was even higher. Yeah, look yeah, at that. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Good. Call. This was two thousand and seven when valuation eight, 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 didn't eight. matter. Valuation eight. didn't matter because solar we were all going clean energy back in 2008 plug power valuation didn't matter because we were going you know and all of a sudden 2008 happened and valuation mattered again now you know obviously these stocks come back but yeah you see that huge moving plug oh let's look at what valuation does when you just you're just ignorant to all plug power we're all going on to battery operated ev cars back in 2001 well we were 20 years early on that technology it wasn't ready for it yet you know, and obviously isn't battery. I don't know plug power. What are what are they? I don't even know. I'm I'm getting all confused. They are doesn't doesn't matter what they do. Like doesn't would, matter. Serious question. It's seen as cleaner way to drive. <laughs> yeah. So like, anyway, three hundred and fifty dollars in two thousand and one. Because you know what? It doesn't matter. Valuation doesn't matter anymore. The story. I mean, I just I want to put it in perspective because there's newer listeners out here who don't even know what a price earnings ratio or a price, you know, valuation and what I'm talking about. They don't care. And you know what? You haven't had to care about that for the last six months, eventually, and even longer than that. But eventually you will have to care because some of these stocks, they're trading 100 times sales are going to have epic crashes and they're not going to come back. And here you are at Plug Power and you're like, wow, this Plug Power is an awesome stock. It's went from five bucks to twenty five dollars. Well, tell that to the person who bought it for $400 back in the year 2001. They may never get their money back. We're 20 years later, and they're still down 93% on their purchase. Why? Because they didn't think about valuation. They just bought the story. You can buy the story. You can trade the story. A lot of people made a lot of money trading the plug power story. I remember it back in 2001. But at the end of the day, when the markets start to all of a sudden care about valuation, those stocks get slammed. And obviously, this was one that couldn't, you know, and Cisco, you know, there was so many stocks. I was, was going to do, uh, I just pulled we, up Tilray. I was going to pull up Intel. Uh, you have to care to a certain extent, not when trading. Do not mix up trading and investing. Don't mix them up. You can trade anything. Just have your out. Know where your out is. Don't get stuck with it and say, well, I know it's going to come back. Because you know what? When you're buying 100 times sales, it doesn't have to come back. And it might not come back. Maybe you just bought the top. And you think, okay, well, I'm down 10%. I can't sell now because I know it's going to come back. Well, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to do anything. That plug power person who bought $350 is still hoping this stock's going to come back. It's 28 bucks. It's probably not coming back. So I'm saying don't let the trades become an investment. That's all. Have your outs. Have your stops. Define your risk. Be careful when you're trading these high flyers because they can have collapses overnight and get you stuck. And then you're like, well, I can't take this loss. It's too big. It's got to come back. And then once you start hoping, then you're in trouble. So can I give, mix up trading and investing. Can I, and I'm just going to give one general tip uh, to people on these kind of on these kind of issues. If you are trading them, if you're trading it during the day and you get stuck and it's looking kind of bad, okay. I and I, this doesn't go to every scenario, but you're so much better off taking the loss. And reevaluating in the morning because where most accounts are blown up and where most people get hurt is they got something going against them. They add to it. I'm going to, it's coming back tomorrow. Those are the, those are the things. It's just, you know, Robin Hood, Weeble, you know, even our more ex experienced traders out there. If you're stuck during the day 
and you call it the hope trade, just, you know, because a lot of things can happen overnight. And uh, just that's just a general rule. You know, don't frown average down. That's not good. But if that's a joke Joel makes. I know, out, by I, the know way. I know, I know. Um, full disclosure, this is not investment advice. But we're, just, and we're not giving yeah. investment advice, but continue, yeah. sorry. Just, no, I'm just saying at the end of the day, because it also it affects you psychologically too. Like, oh man, I got it. I'm taking this thing home overnight. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to think anything else, but. A hundred percent. You can't sleep well because you got all your eggs in one basket and you're on merge and you're 80% in this one stock and it gapped down on you 20%. And now you're like, okay, well, I can't lose 20% of my net worth. It's got to come back. And then it goes down 30% and 50%. And, you know, fastly, you just did this to people. It came back. And you know what? In this market, a lot of things come back and we're actually teaching people very bad lessons in this market because this market is all about forgiveness. If you buy too high, that's okay. It comes down 20%. It'll come back eventually. And we're in the market where everything continues to come back, but eventually we will be in, you will be stuck in one stock that will not come back. You will pick the wrong stock. And that is what we're trying to warn you today about is don't get stuck in the wrong stock. And, and, and obviously you don't know which one's going to be the right one, which one's going to be the wrong one. This is why I say diversify five to 10% max in any one position. I don't like investing on margin, even trading on margin. You can trade on margin, but have your stops. Don't get caught. Don't get stuck. Don't let the trade turn into an investment. Because you will eventually pick a loser. It is inevitable. You will pick a stock that will not come back. You bought it at 50 and you're going to pick a stock and it's eventually going to be one that will not come back. And I've seen this time and time and time again. Why? Because we're at a prop firm. We see a lot of people come through, a lot of retail traders. They'll come in, the retail trader right now, they'll say, I've never had a losing trade before. You won't believe this, but I've never had a losing trade before. They say that. And it's not, and in this market, that's a normal story. I told you in my investment portfolio, I'm up in like 25 out of 27 stocks. It's not normal. It's just that we're straight up tape. I'm not a, a genius investor. I'm not any better investor, but I'm up in all those stocks because the market's just giving it to you. It's up because everything is up. You can't pick a bad one right now, but eventually you will. Eventually we'll get into a market where you will pick a bad one and what you will inevitably have. You're always selling your winners for little gains, little gains, little gains, and then holding your losers because you know eventually they come back to be a winner too. That is a recipe to eventually blow out your account. Not joking. You will blow out your account that way if you continue to, pl- to just not cut losers and always cut your winners because eventually your portfolio will be full of losers. So you have to have risk management on the downside. The best traders I know are very disciplined and they get out when the trade is working against them or their thesis is not working. They get out. Every single trade, think about how much money you can lose not how much money you can make. I, I want to read this comment in the Benzinger chat from JB Betts, which is absolutely correct. Uh, typically, people are a lot better at holding down 90% than up 20%. And, uh, you know, awesome. I, I, I fall into that camp too. I, I have found in the past that I can justify any loser. I can find a way to justify any loser. If I try hard enough, right? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm early. I'll, I'll just wait. I'll wait it out. Oh, no, no. I said this is going to, I'm going to hold it for a year. So I'm going to hold it for a year or whatever. I will justify any loser. But if I'm up 10, 20% more in this market, then I'm sweating. 
And I'm like, did, oh, they, did, did they decide oh, not to do the stimulus package here? Joel, you made me getting all nervous when we took <laughs> off and then we just uh, sold it all off again. I was like, cancel my orders and getting out of there. <laughs> I asked you if you got picked. Well, now cancel your bids. <laughs> you got to leave the bids out there. Do you leave the offers all out right, there? You just pay right. the money. There's eight points know. right there I'm, in the S&P. I know, but just sometimes you, you, well, retail sales are coming up in two minutes. So I don't know. A so little, go a wide. Little, yeah, go, go at least go right. wide. I'm not telling you to cancel. Okay. Anyways, right. this is the forgiveness market. And if you're new to this game, you've probably taught, been taught some, you know, very bad lessons that all stocks eventually go up and come back. And it is not true. It is not true. All stocks will not always come back. And if you keep playing, I'm going to sell the winner. You will inevitably have a portfolio of losers because let's just say you're a god and you pick 90% winners all the time. Well, if you're already selling that winner up 5% or 2%, or in some cases, people are selling for like 50 cents. And then they're like, okay, I get down. Eventually that stock just comes back. If you're losers, you know, eventually you get stuck with this portfolio of losers and it just dominates your trading capital. And then you don't even have trading capital. And then Joel's talking about the mental capacity that is straining you, you know, at night because he can't sleep because he got all these losers on. You know, if you can't handle a three, five, ten percent fall in the market, you're not trading right. Uh, we're gonna let Mitch go real quick. I just wanted to explain when I say go wide, Dennis makes a lot of markets and a lot of stocks. So he's you know on the bid and the offer trying to catch some inefficiencies. So when there's more volatility coming up, I tell him to go wide. That means he just he just expands his parameters to account for the upcoming volatility. Uh, Mitch, what did you want to say in there? And we're, we're falling here. We're, anyways, go ahead, Mitch. What are we going to be? 50 cents wide on SPY. Wow. You know, just to support uh, Dennis is what Dennis is talking about. You know, one thing I noticed from my five years of trading is that we never know. Who knows? We never know. Nobody knows. Exactly. Nobody knows. And so it's a game of probability, guys. It's the faster you accept that you're never just 100% right you know, the, the faster you can start focusing on your strategies, on your probabilities. And I think that's really where you start, uh, start gaining some edge. All right. So retail sales were a little worse than expected. I don't know if it's moving the market at all. Yeah, we're, we leaked a little edge. bit. We leaked a couple points. Is, Mitch is... making a great point here too. I guess it's educational Wednesday here where we're just trying to talk about, but nobody knows anything. I just, what Mitch was just saying, I'm, I'm telling you right now, Every single you know analyst you get here looking on CNBC and they say, oh, they got this market figured. Nobody knows anything. It's for real. Like think about you know that Wolf of Wall Street with that original scene with Leonardo DiCaprio and Matthew McConaughey, and he's sitting there and he's like, it's a what was the word he used, Mitch? Mitch, Mitch Beckett. That was like genius stuff. Nobody knows anything. You're just playing in a land of probabilities. That's all we are. We don't know anything. So if you're going all in on something, eventually if you keep going all in on something, eventually you're going to get burned. So um, that's, you know, the tar- tar- nobody, but people think, uh, you know, I know a lot of stuff about the stock market. I don't know where stocks going two days from now. I just know there's some momentum here and I think it's going up two minutes from now. Now I try to invest. And I try to think, where is the stock going to be two years from now? I try to think, you know, logically, is it worth what I'm paying for? You know, trying to just logically think that through. But I mean, there. I don't know anything either. Nobody knows. We're just making guesses, educated guesses. How much did your CFA help you out with investing? 
You, you know what? It helps me with investing. It helps not with trading. I know, I know. Not, not on the trading. trading side of it so much. My experience helps me with trading. But I would say the CFA helps me in, in, from the investment standpoint because, you know, I know about cash flows. I know how to analyze balance. And not that that is making anybody money right now. It's not about that. But it's also about, you know, you got to have wear the two hats. And if you're going to invest in the stock market and have retirement stocks, You've got to be cognizant to, you know, different valuation tactics. And CFA teaches you a lot of that stuff. So I would say as an investor, it helps. And there's so many skill set, you know, indirect benefits there for sure. Just understanding the mechanics to how the markets work. I mean, I helped with the level three curriculum. So, you know, in CFA, you know, some of the trading stuff, you know, written by, uh, written by Harris there. And, you know, I helped with that as well. So, I mean, I've, I've been very involved with the CFA Institute over the years. They, you know, so I... I would say, you know, the, the education knowledge, you get the broad base of it all. I mean, Harris wrote that from the trading curriculum that's in the CFA level three that Harris wrote. That's awesome stuff. Like, like Larry Harris is just, you know, a monster, you know, and he obviously professor, but he wrote some fabulous stuff there, even from market making perspective and stuff. Like it's impressive stuff. And I, you know, like I said, I helped with some of the, some of the aspects of it as well, but I you know, with, by Larry Harris. I, I so there's some good stuff in the CFA curriculum. I help with level four and five. <laughs> there is no level four and five, but maybe there should be. Joel, right, level four and five. So, all right, we got Amory coming on in a couple minutes. Um, let's go to this uh, uh, LAZR Intel. Uh, yeah, Lala Palooza. This was a little. What is happening here? So before uh, Luminar converted into a public company, back when they were still private and you could buy it via the SPAC ticker, uh, a deal was announced that they were going to supply Mobileye with technology for their uh, for for automated uh, driving cars, for automated cars, right? Self-driving cars. Um, that was announced in November 20th that Luminar and, and, and Mobileye, which is owned by Intel, had this deal. Then the CEO of Mobileye, I guess, went on TV yesterday and said, actually, we are building our own LiDAR technology, and we might use that our in-house technology instead of, of Luminar's LiDAR technology. And so LAZR sold off on that headline. And yeah. then this morning, uh, a press release came out from Luminar saying, no, 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 no. I don't know what he's talking about, but <laughs> we're still doing this. And they're, they're still using our technology. So it's it's going to be integrated into mobilized autonomous vehicle solution, whatever that means. But they're basically uh, saying whatever, whatever the mobilized CEO said yesterday is not it's not true because I guess the interpretation was that the deal they signed back in November twentieth was like not going to happen now or what. But they're out this morning saying no, no, it's still happening. We don't really know what the CEO mobile is talking about. If I had a nickel for every time a company, smaller company came out and defended themselves, you know, after something, you know, got said negative that brought their stock price down, I could be a very rich man. So not surprising <laughs> that Luminar would come out and say, oh, no, no, that's not the case after they watch the stock just tank on the news. So it's getting the little snapback classic example of, you know, Filled where the a company defends too. itself. Yeah. Filled the gap. Ooh. I mean, is this ever going back to 40? I can't say ever. This is a stupid market that things come back next week. But if you bought this thing at 45 and 40 and you're sitting with it at 22, your risk management skills are very poor. So, you know, you're down 50%. I, I, I've been trading as a trader. I've been trading. I make hundreds of trades a day, you know, and I don't know if I've ever in my trading portfolio 
I can't, I'm sure on a takeover or something, there's, there's a handful of times. So out of the millions of trades, millions of physical trades that I've made, because if you just do the math, you make, let's just say hypothetically, you make 200 trades a day. It's a thousand trades a week. That's 50,000 trades a year. That's a million trades I've made over 20 years. And it's a very conservative estimate because I used to trade like a thousand. When I was doing full market making, algorithmic market making, I was trading a lot more. So we can conservatively say that I have made well over a million physical trades. That's a lot of trading. In all of those trades, I may have lost 50% on my money, maybe probably less than five times out of a million. So you're sitting here, if you're buying the same 45, and now that's investing is a different story. I've lost it. I've lost hundred percent of my money in my investment portfolio. So that's why I'm saying don't let in the one trade stack, become an investment. Your, you never lost your whole portfolio. You no one in one stock. stock. Yeah. Oh yeah. I write off stuff every year. I'm down like 80% in some flyer, some hot tip somebody gave you and it wasn't a hot <laughs> tip. It was a dog. And I'm like, okay, this one sucks. And you know, I write it off at the end of the year for like a 70% loss. That's investment. That's separate account doing separate things where I thought, you know, this was a, a decent business and it turned out that it wasn't a decent business. But, you know, here's a stock, LA's Zebra R, that was just pumped and pumped, even on Mad Money, it was pumped. Even Jim Cramer said to ring the register because it just got stupid. Went from 15 to 45, it's back down here at 25. Is it going back to 45? Probably not anytime soon because a lot of people caught in this now. Is it eventually going back to 45? Maybe. Or is this, you know, that chart of plug power back in 1999 when it hit 300 and it's sitting here at $22? Could this be a $4 stock or a $10 stock? It could be. We don't know. Nobody knows anything. Back to the lesson. Nobody knows anything. But if you're sitting and you're trading something for momentum and it breaks and falls 20% on you in one day and you're like, well, I bought it at 45. I can't sell it at 40. It's too big of a loss. Now it's a 22 or 25. Now what are you doing? You know, you're sitting here now, you're a 10% loser that you couldn't take as a 50% loser. And you're sitting here sweating it at night and th- saying, how do I get out of this? I guarantee you some people listening to this show right now who are along this stock trying to figure out how to get their money yeah, back. Yeah, Franz thinks it's going back to 30 today. I mean, it if, could. It, if it, it could, could, I'd be palms out at 2980. I, mean, I, I, I think so, too. I people. think it struggles to get back up there the, because the everybody's caught. Oh, yeah, double top. They're, yeah, they're, yeah they're, I mean, and also anybody that picked it up, I mean, you so 30 was a bargain and 25 was a bargain. It did fill the gap. So uh, that is a positive thing from uh, when it you know became a real stock. That is a positive thing. But 30, man, I bet you there's a lot of uh, – what is the pre-market high? Pre-market's high is 25, so – or excuse me, 26. First things first. That's my number of the day, L-A-Z-R, 26. Get above 26. Oh, are we keeping Anne-Marie? I'm sorry. Well, no, that's okay. I want to clarify. Yeah, clarify one thing Joel said. When Joel said he'd be, he'd be palms out, he means he'd be selling. And now I don't think there's any chance it gets to 29, 28, 27. This is a snapback. We've seen this story again and again, and just seasoned experience where you see a company goes down on bad news, company comes out, defends itself, gets a snapback pop, and then eventually that gets faded too. I think it's got a lot better chance of seeing the 22 handle today than the 28 handle today. Sorry to everybody. Probability, probability, yep. probabilities. And I might be wrong. Nothing's absolute. You know, I could be wrong here. But from my experience, usually these snapback rallies get faded. We want to bring another experienced trader in here now, Anne-Marie Ban, because she has lots of experience with all this stuff, too. And I will tell you one thing that we love Anne-Marie for. She's very disciplined. She doesn't sit here and take, you know, and hold on to stocks, you know, when she's down 10% and hoping, you know, they're going to come back. She 
she will take a loss as well. She's disciplined, and it's key to surviving and trading. Anne Marie has, you know, survived for a long time too. So let's get her thoughts and bring her in here right now because this is a great trader as well. Anne Marie, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Thanks for that intro. You know, sometimes, most of the times, the person that you're talking about shows up at the desk once in a while. <laughs> else shows up. Well, I have that too happen every once go, in a while. Like, who the heck's back. in my chair? Oh yeah. <laughs> This so, will come back, but you don't mind taking a lot loser. No, You'll no, take you have losses. to. You you really have to because you know it's just like how Joel said a moment ago. You're better off to reevaluate, and the reason for that is because the emotional pain increases so much faster the further down you come that you're ability to make logical decisions just sort of goes out the window. You actually begin to live on that hopium of, oh, you know, maybe it's going to turn around, maybe it's going to lift, maybe I'll bounce enough just to get out. And that, you know, sometimes we get all caught up in that because mentally we're attached to some particular idea. But as I was sitting here getting ready, I was listening to the show from the open, I remember last year, almost at this time, you had a group of folks on and you said, hey, give us your year end thought. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. And um, my hilarious, uh, broken, absolutely wrong was Bitcoin is going to be half what it is now. And it's what, two or three times what it is what it was last year at the end of the year. So that um, that was funny because I was reflecting on how really things are just moving so dramatically and how much I love the notion of, listen, if you're going to trade and use some sense and those trades might eventually become good investments because they keep rising, then think about the things that we're all going to need, right? Yes, there's solar. Yes, there's battery. There's battery power, which I totally love. Um, and so just looking around for those sorts of things that make a little sense, really, they're moving so quickly, you can trade them. But at, but at some point when they settle down, you're going to be so familiar with them that you're going to understand a little bit about the mechanics underneath. And so things like, you know, we've been looking at Riot, the blockchain, and it's been running straight up. Now, it's been around for a while, but it's running straight up. So you really, you have to think about trading it just a bit but at the same time you can see hey wait especially at the end of 17 coming into 18 i love this four quad this grid is great shows everything that we need but you can see it sort of rising through that edge and you're thinking to yourself all right well i'm going to chase it until xyz and so those are sorts in terms of stocks that i'm looking at that's really how i'm ending up focusing i'm thinking about all right when we actually get back to work and we have new construction projects is steel going to come back enough for me to buy at a reasonable space and what i've been doing 
especially for this, you know, I had sold the eight puts and this had dropped to five. And I was thinking to myself, wow, that's going to be bad. <laughs> but I was willing to acquire it, right? Because again, we build things with steel. And so those are the, it, the market has so much mania associated with it. I have got to pull some kind of sensibility around how I'm making decisions to pick up stocks in a portfolio that I can trade and then, you know, hold some for longer term investment, you know, things like how fast Disney's run. I mean, that spike on Disney, it went, it went up 15% in a day or something. It was just huge. Now, Disney's great. They've got a lot of things to go on. But what's been superb for me is just saying, you know, I'm going to sell these puts really far out of the money. Everything's really running high. If I don't get filled and I don't get put to the the um, the option, then I made a little bit of money. But I, this market is manic. It's like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I've ever seen anything like it because I wasn't around in 1999. I was just looking at it. I wasn't trading it. And so that, um, that's, it just feels like that. I feel like I'm going to wake up and we're going to be limit down and you know the sides are going to be falling off of buildings i don't know <laughs> I, don't oh, have yeah. any idea. I don't have to worry about that i never leave the house but i uh, don't leave the house either. Uh, Anne -Marie, i want to ask you all right so we you're our first guest we had uh a like guest on at the end of the year the last week of the year and we talked about stocks right and little did we know what was going to happen in this year but one was that you liked was CyberArk. Yes. Right. And it, I, I just wondered how you managed the trade. I mean, because obviously it was up at one. Up and down. Yeah. 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 So was that something that you had to trade around? Because. Yes. Okay. So just talk about that a little bit, because that was an investment. That wasn't a trade. That was something yes. that there was an yeah. investment. Can you just talk about right. how you handled that? Because it had some volatility. Right. So for the big spaces, I liked, um, my thought is always this, I'm going to look at the monthly chart. And if I break the prior month's low, you're out. I'm going to look at it and go, this has got to bounce or <laughs> else I'm out. Right. So I'll open myself up to maybe a little bit more of a loss to give it room to see if the buyers are going to come in someplace. But if I lose that low of the prior month, that's bad news. And so I actually got out of CyberArk. And the two that I'd been watching for the year was CyberArk and CrowdStrike. Right. I remember, uh, yeah, I remember. Uh, Spencer saying, hey, talk to me about FireEye. Why won't you, what made you not look at FireEye? And it wasn't that I wasn't looking at it. I was just really focused on these two. And CrowdStrike really started getting a foothold and they did it this way. I started noticing them popping up on my Twitter feed in the promoted spaces. Now it was either because I had been tweeting them, I don't know what algorithm they had 
that popped it there, but I noticed it coming up and CyberArk had had a few little bumps and I had pulled out and I thought, all right, you know what? I'm going to focus on CrowdStrike. And that really has turned out to be the one that's the winner. Of course, it's a parabolic move to the upside. So that stinks when you're looking at a chart to say, all right, when should I sell some of this? And you had a plan. I, you had a plan. Yeah. So the the current view right now is still we've got to look at we've got to look at cybersecurity. The problem with cybersecurity right now is that by the time we find out anything, they've it's like termites. They've been around forever inside of your system and you just see a lone termite floating around somewhere and you go, oh wow, it, we've got troubles. And so there's got to be some there's got to be some new advancement in this space, but I truly believe it is our one death knell that really is going to take us all back to Tatooine. I mean, honestly, that's what is my... that? You, you just slipped one by me there. Tatooine. Come on, Joel. He doesn't like Star Wars. Star Wars. Get her off the show. <laughs> Another you can, you can come on. You Jesus. can come on anytime. We love Star Wars, and I like oh, any no. analogy that has to do with Star Wars is okay with me. So Tatooine, we can talk Tatooine, the desert. We can talk where Luke Skywalker was born. Or Princess, raised, at least. you know, the, Princess the, Hannah. Princess Hannah. Yeah, that's it. Okay, Joel is wow. just on mute. You know what, Chewbacca? <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot there, and I think. Really, I mean, think about how long Osama bin Laden kept under the radar how he did it. He went completely off the grid because all our grids are, they're porous. And we've got to, there are things that we can do in this space that I think is going to be really supremely interesting. But to, to talk about CyberArk, I just stepped out and said, until this thing holds, it's new weekly lows, I'm not touching it. And I'm not touching it. And we didn't get back into that until it was, you know, almost 100. So I would have loved to have said, hey, you know, I was out hero buying at 70 or whatever, but I was not about to touch it. It's just, it literally fell off a cliff with everything else. And so really that's the thing. If you like something, doesn't mean you have to be in it all the time. You just watch it and watch it start to behave. And once it starts behaving, you put it back into the charts and your cycles where you're gonna buy or you're gonna sell a put here or there or whatever. So what are you looking for for, you know, the end of the year, Santa Claus? Um, we don't know if he's quarantined in the South Pole or North Pole or not, but uh, sure, shaping up here. What are you looking for year end? And uh, obviously looking in your crystal ball here, uh, Bitcoin just blasted through 20,000. I just want to alert people. Wow. But, uh, well, yeah, you know, 20, that's, a good that's a good way to start this because honestly, this story is all about the dollar. Right. This uh -huh. the it dollar is, is really um, it's in a space that's uh, I would I want to I don't want to be dramatic, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's in a space that's 
going to be an existential event if it starts slipping, you know, another 3%, I think it's going to be in a very uh, troubling spot because of what it is to so many countries. But here's what I'm looking for. I'm not sure if you guys are watching where gamma flows are sitting in the option chains. Easy way, you know, the back of the napkin way to do it. You go back into the, um, you go back into the ES and you say, hey, let me see where all the put sellers are sitting, maybe where all the put, uh, where all the call sellers are sitting and see how folks are gravitating to these edges. And what's happening is there's a, still a ton of out of the money, long call buying. And for the ES for this week, my gamma flow number says that 3690 was the first gamma flow test. And then the one before it was 3700. And what we've done every single time is peg these levels to the upside. Now they're calling 3730. My suspicion is that we're going to continue to run simply because people are continuing to buy. And it's sort of like if you're a newer trader, just like Dennis, you were saying people come in, they go, you know, I've never had a losing trade. They're going to keep buying because they're learning these bad habits of, hey, I'm going to buy the dip no matter what, or I'm going to buy the breakout now no matter what. And the dip might be a little bit ugly and scare me a little, but it's coming back. And I think it's going to push us. Can you explain gamma? We're getting a couple of questions on okay. that. I have a general understanding of it, but could okay. you a little so more the, the definition of gamma is the rate of change of delta. So gamma is the second derivative. It's, it's, I don't want to get all nerdy, but oh, gamma, nerdy. gamma is, a gamma is a trade. People are taking long gamma trades, meaning they go out and they find the places where most of the call buying is and where that level is, it's going to have a gamma. And so you multiply that by all your open interest and that gamma number back of the napkin, I'm trying to make it as simplistic as possible there. That's going to give you a big number that says, wow, there are a lot of people that are long gamma here because they've got calls and the gamma might be a three for every single call that you have. If you look at your option chains, you're going to see the rate of change of delta. It's going to be the second derivative. It's delta is the rate of change of the stock and gamma is the rate of change of delta. In any case, the easy way to do that, to figure out where they're trying to push, is to see where all the calls are stacking up and how much of it is out of the money. And if a lot of it is out of the money, what we are seeing now is the options market is getting so much bigger than the stock market. The options are driving the stock price because the market maker who sells the call that you or I buy has to go out and buy the stock 
so that his delta is hedged, right? If he's if he sells us a call that we're buying, he's negative delta. He's got to go buy the stock that brings him positive delta. So because he's got a basket or a market that he's making in the options, it's driving him to the stock market to balance his delta. So that flip side is what's making these gamma events more prevalent. And so every morning I look up and I go, like yesterday afternoon for the NQ, the gamma was 12,590. And in the morning, the chart was down at, I don't know, some really small number in the NQ, like 100 points away or something. And it flew right up into that zone, went up over it just a little bit, and came right back down. So these levels of uh, where the gamma events are sitting are really very, very interesting. Wow, what's happening with Teladoc? Yeah, I was yeah, just going to segue uh, to that. This, this happened a few moments ago, uh, but we got great stuff from Anne-Marie. Uh, always, 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 Anne-Marie. Thank Thanks, you guys. so much. We might sneak you on one more time before the end of the year. Would I love it. I wanted to say, it. if you want to hear more about Anne-Marie's trades or her philosophies, or her site is thetradingbook.com. Her Twitter account is at Anne-Marie Trades. That's A-N-N-E. Marie, M-A-R-I-E, and Marie Trades, and it's the tradingbook.com. And Marie, we always appreciate it. Uh, comment from Tommy Lockie in our chat. Uh, you, here, let me read what he said. He said, hearing Anne Marie, not only is her voice very calming, unlike you guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think he's talking about you, Spencer. On that no, one. I think they're talking, people always make fun of my voice. Maybe. All right. They either lot. love it or they hate it. Like, like, they've never heard me yell. Like, if you want me to scare you guys, let me yell at you like my kids sometimes. When I yell, they know. But Anne Marie, we're also, we're doing a year-end review and I got to find those clips. We had you on when the market was like living. All right, she's gone. Uh, we had her down. Dennis was just buried in the trade cave. And uh, we had her on. Spencer, help me figure out that date when the spoos were like limit down and she came on. And she was just yeah. so calm and cool and collected. Remember that? That was great. We'll have to add that to the clip. All right, give me the teledoc news. All right, they're getting Amazon. There is a story that's actually behind a paywall so, uh, on Business Insider, so I don't actually know what it says. It's a, I think it's a pretty in-depth story about Amazon's uh, ambitions in the telemedicine field. So that story came out, just went live, and that's I know what, what Dennis is going to say. By the dip. Not on <laughs> <Yeah>. Teladoc. <laughs> Ooh. Not on Teladoc. And Not because I, I've been, and obviously, you know, valuation's always been an issue here for me for all these stocks. And that's why, you know, I'm not buying dips on Zoom. Peloton is getting some love here because it got included in the S&P. We know moving, or not, sorry, into the, the queues, right? Peloton's going yep. in. So it's getting NASDAQ, that free yep. NASDAQ run. So different story here. But um, I, I can't, and the, the valuations on these things are just nuts. And this is all COVID. If we come out of COVID, I mean, the, the scenario, here's the ugly scenario, if you want the ugly scenario, and this would be good for Teladoc, and, you know, Amazon's never good, but we know typically, usually when a stock right, gets sold off, you typically say. do buy the Amazon dip, it usually yes. works, maybe it does yes. in this case, 
I don't want to do IntelliDoc because I believe in the vaccine. I believe we're going to come out of this. I believe some stuff's going to go back to normal. It's going to be other, you know, this, you know, tell, it's not just like you're going to get your doctor. I mean, my bloody doctor will talk to me on FaceTime now too. You know, he's not using IntelliDoc. So uh, I'm just not, you know, I don't think it's the Does game. he charge you? Well, everything's free in Canada, though, right? Yeah, healthcare is free. Yeah. Because Lisa does um, virtual visits and you can now, it's now billable to the insurances. So. Yeah, um, it's on, in Ontario. We have uh, what's called Ontario Health Insurance Plan. So we all have coverage. So, but okay. the point was, I, I and, and I was going to say, if you want to get in the ugly story, the, the way that the reopening trade could fail and the lockdown trade could come back on, you're going to eventually see a hiccup here. And what I mean by a hiccup is you're going to see somebody that gets vaccinated and then they get COVID. And this is probably going to happen in the next month. This is going to be an ugly headline I foresee coming. I'm always trying to predict headlines, you know, you trying to That's predict good, the massive yep. headline. I predict this headline will come in the next month where somebody gets vaccinated and then it comes out, oh my goodness, they got COVID. Because remember, it's only 95% effective. So that means one out of 20 you are, go. you know, even if we go with that, that theory, you know, we don't know, you know, if it, you know, obviously give to the masses, those numbers can change. But let's just say, hypothetically, it is 95% effective. That means one in 20 are still going to get COVID out there if they get exposed to it so i mean you're gonna have this headline probably come in the next few weeks this person got vaccinated and they still got covid this vaccine is no good i've never taken the vaccine these people aren't taking the vaccine and then the reopening stocks are going to get hammered i think that headline is going to come in the next month but am i selling all my reopening plays because of that no i would probably use that as a buying opportunity because i do believe that that isn't going to be the case it's going to be taken to the extreme by the media because that's what the media does but it's going to be an opportunity to get into some of these names. And you're going to see rips on Teladoc and Peloton and Zoom on those headlines. Because we're going back to lockdown. This vaccine's failed. And I think, you know, that's obviously going to be a selling opportunity in those stocks, too. Because I think that's just going to be, you know, just the one in 20. But that's going to probably happen. There's probably going to be some hiccups, is what I'm saying, through this reopening trade. We're getting some hiccups right now because the vaccine isn't getting out there as fast. We know some of the reopening stocks got hit, you know, a little bit on, you know, can we get it out there, you know, quick enough and, you know, what's happening. And obviously, you got New York and our Como still shutting restaurants down. There's, you know, hiccups still out there. But the overall path here is that we're going to get past COVID. And I still believe in that. So on dips, I am actually buying some reopening stocks and on rips, I am selling the lockdown stocks. So that's why bring it full back circle here. I'm not buying the dip in Teladoc because I'm more inclined to sell the rip in Teladoc. If this was a reopening play, I would probably be buying the dip in it, but it's not, it's a lockdown play. And I think we're getting past the lockdown eventually. All right. Technically, I just want to throw technicals in there real quick. I mean, we're, we're down pre-market low, just under 186. There's three lows under 180. I don't know if you're going to get there today, but that's defending the low of the move. Uh, let me show the chart here real quick. So just under, I mean, we're still six bucks away from it. But longer term, you got those three lows under 180. And then the low of the move at just under 170. All right, let's stay on for a couple more minutes because we went along with Anne Marie. Just do a couple more stocks. Sure. Um, let's hit Baidu quickly because Joel and I oh discussed goodness. this yesterday uh, going into the close. There was just a report that they're considering, or someone's nephew's neighbor is thinking about <laughs> uh, self driving cars uh, or electric cars uh, at Baidu. So, uh, stock moved off that headline. Jeez. Oh, I mean, I. Expected follow through, right? The two-day move. It had been moving up nicely. 
Someone's lurking at 195 here, and you've already leaked four bucks off it. So I think I don't know where to buy it, but I think you may have to pick an intermediate level to sell it ahead of that pre-market high 195. Triple D, what do you think? This is a story now. It grabs anything that grabs EV rips higher. I mean, this is Baidu. It's got all rumors it might get in the EV. It rallies 20% basically on it, which is just insanity. It shows you how anything touching EV, even bigger companies, this isn't a small company. Baidu is a fairly big company. To get this kind of move is just incredible. On rumors of EV, I would ring the register if I owned it, but What's am I to say? Maybe they come out and they actually do, and then it pops another 20%. I don't know. So this has gone parabolic here now. Usually I ring the register when stocks go parabolic. All right, 904. Joel, do you want to stay on for a couple more? Yeah, or... yeah Triple D, you can. I, I know you're getting ready for the open here. I just wanted uh, – we did a lot of um, – educational stuff today so just yeah. we want to do and people uh, like i think some people like the educational they do. stuff sometimes we go on tangents here and we do and we weren't planning on doing an educational show but we started to get into it i mean it's important that we put just give perspective here because right now you can get caught up in the fomo and i just don't want to see people really get burned because this happened you know this happened in 1997 1998 there were stocks that didn't come back not all stocks topped out in the year 2000 and then tanked but you know you just got to be careful and I just say, be disciplined. You can get into anything. You can put on any trade you want. Just have your stop. Know where your out is. Don't, you know, just take unlimited risk because unlimited risk turns to un- un- into unlimited losses and that can turn into a real mess. So just be careful out there. So I'll let you guys go. Continue. Okay, Triple D. We'll I'll check in with you in a little bit. With China, look at IQ here. There is an offering and this was announced last night. It's a 40 million share offering. No price oh. yet. Uh, that's, that's not a small offering, is it? Uh, for that stock? Let me take a look. Uh, let me look into the chart. I mean, I'll just take one out of triple D's book here on these offerings. You know, they're, they're a floor. I mean, they announced the price. Was it IQ? Yeah. Yeah. They got a 730 million shares outstanding. So it's not like, not, it's not a big, where's the price? No price yet. No pricing. Okay. I mean, someone's taking a guess that, uh, you know, it's going to be 1956 to 20 in that area. So always better to, uh, you know, look at the pricing on something like that before you hop into action. 23 looks like a brick wall on the upside and they're kind of offering low here. So I don't know what this tells you about the health of the company to do an, you know, usually like, Hey, 25, 26, 27, Hey, let's do an offering. And, now they're kind of doing the offering in the holes. So not too sure about the long-term health of this company. While we're here, let's go to the chat. And Dr. J is asking for comments on Alibaba. Dr. J, isn't he supposed to be on uh, Fast Money? What's he doing in our chat here? Uh, foo, 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 foo. Baba's, man, ever since that IPO um, didn't go through, this thing's been under siege uh, I mean, you could think you're picking the bottom here, but uh, I mean, you got one low to lean on and that's 52.55. I mean, you're trading up today, but just now you're starting to settle in that quadrant. Uh, la- what was last month's low? Last month's, that's when you made it. Oh, folks, last month's low, 52.55. This month's low, 52.30. Uh, you know, just going with Anne Marie and her, you know, looking at the monthly charts and exiting. I mean, you know, if you're holding on beyond that, then you better be, uh, you know, 
happy looking at this thing under 250, maybe even 246.10. That was your August low. We actually got an email about this. Uh, ASML, Alpha Sandy Mary. This is an old one. Yeah, this is, you know, we don't really talk, when we talk about the semis, we talk, you know, the same four or five names. We talk Micron, AMD, NVIDIA, maybe a couple others. We don't really talk this one because maybe because they're European and they trade overseas, but this is a big name. You know what? This thing's been around uh, forever. Forever, right? And the re- is a NASDAQ, right? So I remember, I don't know if we have any oldie guys listening to the show here, uh, but oldie used to cover a lot of these NASDAQ stocks. And I mean, this is going way back. I mean, I left there in like 99, 2000, but I can remember, I can remember this stock when, uh, you know, it would heat up on the trading floor, you know, with, uh, and I know they were bullish. I, what do you want me to say about this chart, folks? I mean, do you got a target? Uh, is all your retirement money in it? I know where I could tell you to buy it. I have no idea. Uh, all time, I'll just give you a double top all time high. I mean, a thick stock like this, it's, it's probably hard. 471, we'll keep an eye on that. And then, you know, maybe 500. Yesterday's high, 469.62. Pair of highs at 470.85, 471.01. There's your, your clear bogey on that one. But not great with four or $500 stocks, folks. Uh, we, we kind of glossed over it, but man, Bitcoin really did pop this morning. And I, I saw there was news that that a big, a big uh, European uh, fund uh, was buying Bitcoin. That, that's been out all morning. I don't know. I don't know what happened at. Well, it looks like it was what eight thirty is when. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened at eight thirty specifically. I mean, I, I don't. A lot of buyers came in. Is what happened, but I don't know why. Um, but you know, I just wonder sometimes with this, and uh, you know, you know, I'm a kind of like a futures guy. I mean, you know, there might have been you know some buy stops in there because you mm-hmm. had a double top just above uh, twenty, and this, you know, there's some liquidity, but you did have a um, a, a double top. This is called twenty thousand three hundred. So maybe, you know, some momentum guys, not only to, um, you know, to, to cover short, but to get long, like, Hey, put that 20,300 buy stop in there. Boom. It gets done. So, you know, some, I mean, I know cone boys and these things trade around the clock, but there's some big boys trading the futures and I want to be, I, I I've never watched them and on a lag basis, but that that's one possible theory there for why Bitcoin had that little pop through uh, 20,300. Big volume spike at 32. So, all right. Uh, nine, 10, that'll be a wrap. We covered a lot of stuff today. Um, so I most feel like it's Thursday. We covered so much in the first three days of the week. I feel like it's Thursday. We've got, of course, we're going to be watching the uh, the S and P and uh, Nasdaq rebalances happening later in the week. We've got some earnings. We're going to talk about earnings this week. We've got a couple of earnings uh, tonight, tomorrow, and Friday. But uh, I want to thank our guest Anne Marie Band. I want to thank all of you in all of our chat. There is, of course, the YouTube chat. There's the Benzinga Pro chat, and there's the Benzinga.com chat. They, here's our disclaimer. Please remember that all the information from our show is meant for informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. We appreciate all your comments, all your likes, all your super chats, uh, whatever they're called, super chats, right? Yeah, that's what they're called. Uh, you can catch our podcast or, of course, on every major podcast platform. We've got more shows later on our channel throughout the day. Stack Attack at 11, Jason and Luke on at noon, Mitch, uh, not Mitch, Joel and I back at uh, 3.40 uh, p.m. Eastern time heading into the close. 
And that's what I got. So everyone have a good rest of your day. Good luck in your trades. And we'll talk to you again in the afternoon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.